it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Welcome to the podcast. I am super excited to share today's episode with you. I had the pleasure in interviewing Tanya Sanders Kelker. Tanya has an interesting story because Tanya is a professional accountant who turned into a beauty professional that now focuses her accounting business on helping beauty professionals within their business while still servicing beauty clients herself. So she has a very interesting story. Um, She's very knowledgeable about the beauty business and, of course, accounting as well. I think we can learn a lot from her. She really talks about what it takes to run a successful business and how she has grown her business to almost six figures within the last two years. So I think you're really going to enjoy her story and the knowledge that she had to share. And here's a little bit of Tanya's bio. Born in Jackson, Mississippi, Tanya Sanders Kelker is a wife, mother, and boss. She is an accomplished accounting professional, published author, entrepreneur, esthetician, and wax and beauty studio owner. She has dedicated her accounting career to excel in areas of financial literacy, and developing business strategies for increased profits and business growth for business owners. Tanya's unique approach has earned her recognition as Bay, the beauty accountant for all beauty industry professionals and entrepreneurs. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview, and here it goes. Welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandi Taylor, and we have an awesome guest today, Tanya Sanders-Kelker. Welcome, Tanya. Hey, well, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm super excited to talk to you today, Tanya. And before we get started into learning about your business and all the awesome stuff you're doing, can you tell us something about yourself that most people would not know? Let's see. I am a mother of three boys, and they range from 13 to 3. <laughs> okay wow so you have a busy house with boys oh yeah oh yeah boys boys keep you going boys and a husband so yes it's four boys (laughs) awesome awesome yeah so that's interesting so for so a mom of three boys yeah boys are different from girls I have a girl and um I have cousins and nephews and stuff and it's definitely different Oh yeah, it's it's never quiet in the house. They're running around and they are boy boys. Like they play, they nerf gun, they is hot wheels and video games all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, awesome. Yeah, pretty busy, full of energy. I know that. Did you ever want any girls or do you want to have a girl? Um, well, Actually, I wanted, I originally only wanted one child and I wanted a boy and yeah. <laughs> oh, well, you got it times three, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, three boys. So yeah, so you got what you wanted. <laughs> I know, but I think lately, sometimes I do have baby fever and I'm like, oh, I would like to have a girl. But see, I thought my last son was a girl because I was so sick with him. 
my three-year-old. And I just knew no son of mine would have me sick like that. So I just knew it was a girl and it was not. And at that point, I just was like, you know, if I had another baby, it was probably going to be another boy. So I was just like, yeah, let's just stop. (laughs) (laughs) Completely understood. Yeah, I understand that because children are definitely expensive and yeah you probably yes. you probably would have another boy i've seen people do that um it was a, a family i knew they were trying and trying and trying for a boy and they had all girls so they ended up with five girls mm. <laughs> just regardless if they were boys or girls five is a lot five is a lot yeah <laughs> so i think i think after a while they just came to the conclusion that they were going to have girls and they just stopped but yeah yeah <laughs> <Totally get> <laughs> At some point, you got to know when to stop. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> totally get it. Well, tell us um, a little bit about your business. Okay. Well, I am the beauty accountant, and I'm the beauty accountant for entrepreneurs in the beauty and service-based businesses, but I also have a day spa that we specialize in waxing these things and facials. So I have, it's kind of, it's almost like a two in one because they both tie hand in hand. And with my accounting company, I literally help people start and grow businesses within the beauty and service based businesses industries. And the day spa I have is more so like a case study so that my accounting clients can see firsthand the strategies that I do teach how they work hand in hand in a real life situation. Okay. So we have a lot going on. So you are an accountant, but you're also, Mm -hmm. you own a spa as well. And you are in the beauty industry. Was it accounting first or was it beauty first? So I, I went and got my undergrad degree in accounting. I have a master's. And I went the traditional whole route of just strictly staying with accounting because when I went to college, I went to school to be an accountant. I went through all those steps. I got the master's. I got the undergrad degree. I became a certified accounting. Just all those things, the techno, the traditional path of being an accountant. And I worked the traditional path. I had an internship at one of the top accounting firms in the country. And it's like something happened at that job where I was like, you know, I'm going to absolutely own my own accounting firm. And so 2010, I actually opened my own accounting firm, starting with just bookkeeping. And it was just bookkeeping at first. And then it turned into consulting along with the bookkeeping and then the tax cover. And then all of those accounting services added up onto my service listing. But it wasn't until 2017 that I decided to only work with people in the beauty industry and people in the service industry. Because before then, I would work with, if you had a business, I was going to work with you. Um, But it wasn't until 2017 that I decided to kind of just pick a niche. And that niche came from, because my husband's a barber. And because he's a barber, he hadn't filed any taxes. He just didn't have any of those things together and I was just like why isn't your business stuff together like how are you operating he was like I'm just good at making money I'm good at cutting hair and I saw that same thing same trend among everybody in the barbershop with him all the hairstylists and it was just an ongoing trend I was like well hey you know I can help you guys with that so I started 
making sure that his stuff was together. And once I saw I made a big difference with his business, then I was just like, you know, I specifically only want to work with this niche group of people. Now, mind you, 2017, I had 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 been a licensed esthetician since 2012 or 13. I never even told anyone really because I had no intentions on actually ever using that license. I was just genuinely curious about the industry. And I went to school, got a license and everything with no intentions on using it. And fast forward to July 2017, that's when I opened my day spa called Body Party Studios. And I ended up finding a whole passion. And at 2017, when I opened Body Party, I did take a break from my accounting company so that I could grow my business. Wow. So that's interesting. So I think um, that is a very interesting story where you were in accounting and you helped your husband and seeing the need in the beauty and hair and barber industry, you decided to make that your niche. And um, and they say that it's better to have a niche. Do you feel like it was um, a wise decision to go to just, just cater to the beauty industry rather than just being so broad? Well, yes, because so one reason I decided to pick a niche was because essentially accounting is pretty much the same across the board. However, when you get into the things that help make businesses grow, it's pretty hard when you go from client to client. So if my first client is, so if I have a client that's a, that owns a construction company and then the next client is a dentist, and then the next client is in the beauty industry, and then the next one is, you know, um, a doctor, all those different, the accounting standpoint is the same for the most part. But the biz, the different things to help that business owner really grow, it's just like you had to start over every time you get a new client. And it's a little easier and it makes me more efficient as a professional when I niche down. And so it's like I'm a better accountant for my clients and when they're all in the same industry because I'm able to help them foresee things that they did that they may have not experienced in their business yet or be able to pull from other experiences to give them better advice and give them better assistance with growing their business. So I absolutely do think that when you niche down, it makes a big difference. Yeah, I would agree with that. And it's interesting too, because you, you decided to take part in a niche. So you already had your aesthetic license. Now, what made you go get it? Now, I know you didn't plan on using it, but I'm curious as that. What made you go to beauty school to become an esthetician? This is so basic, but I had the best wax of my life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so back in like 2012-ish, I was um, working for I was working for a federal agency. I almost said the name. <laughs> I was working for a federal agency and they had me, because uh, by the way, I'm from Mississippi. So they had me working in New York for a year. So I was up in New York uh, for a whole year by myself. I didn't have any friends or family really there or anything. So I was just basically up there working. And I got, oh, I found a wax lady. You know, when you move to another area, you find your person, do your hair, do your nails, you know, find all your essentials. I found a good wax lady and she did, 
she tried a new wax on me or whatever and it was just the absolute best wax I ever had and I was just like you know what is the real name of your profession? Because I don't want to keep calling you my wax lady. This wax is just too good for me to just be calling you my wax lady. I got to find the real name of what it is that you do. And she was like, oh, okay, I'm an esthetician. I was like, an esthetician? At that point, I had never even heard of an esthetician. I knew of a cosmetologist, a beautician, barber, you know, all of the basic things. But I had never heard of an esthetician. So I looked it up the research in me you know i go to good old free google i go to google i, I google esthetician i was like okay so this is what they do they deal with skincare so i was like i'm interested in all those things but i looked at it in a standpoint as to you know when i leave new york i want to find someone i want to make sure i find a good esthetician when i come back home you know i i looked at it from that standpoint that's why i even looked it up not in not with any intention on actually going to school but in good google fashion google sent me all these little ads to talking about some esthetician school here and you know all these little ads and stuff start popping up as i'm researching what an esthetician is and i found out that it was an aesthetic school not too far from where i was staying when i was in new york so because i'm nosy i walked and one day i got off work i just walked over there and i just wanted to see what it looked like i to be honest with you Looking back at it, it was God-led, but at the time, I was really just being nosy. I wanted to see what they was doing in there, you know? <laughs> and so I went, and they had this big, they was they spoke my language, is what happened. They was like, work at your own pace. You don't have to pay anything down. You can make these down payments. And I'm still like, okay, well, you know, I got this, because the program was not, I didn't feel like it was that expensive. And I was just like, you know, I can pay this. They was like, you can pay every week. Just pay this here and there. I was like, okay. I, I like a good payment plan. So I was like, okay. They tricked me into signing up. <laughs> <laughs> and because one thing about that uh, studio, uh, well, that school was they had hours that was conducive to my schedule. So I could work full time and still come when I got off work. So it just worked for my schedule. And wow. So I was able to go to work and I was able to come and come to school and when I got off work and on the weekends and things like that. And I was able to finish my program during the time that I was in New York. So I, they, we had to pick a concentration, which was I just picked wax and skincare because that's what I was just interested in learning about. And turns out I was actually pretty good at it. I was like, huh, who knew? So when I was in school, everyone's like, so what are you going to be doing when you get out? I was like, I'm going back to work. You know, this was fun, you guys. But, you know, going back to work, you know. Bye. Was, thank you. Yeah. I was like, thanks. You know, they was like, what? I was like, yeah, I'm going to take the test because, I mean, I did just sit through all the schoolwork. So, I mean, I might as well take the test, whatever. You know, no big deal. And that was legit. That was legit all it was. Like, I had no intentions. I didn't even really tell anybody. My mom didn't find out until I opened body party that I was a licensed esthetician. Like, I would wax a couple of my friends that knew I was licensed at the house. They were like, hey, you're waxing? I was like, yeah, you come to the house. And I would just lay wax paper over my the end of my bed and wax them at the end of my bed. Like, so, they was so ghetto. <laughs> but, you know, I, <laughs> I was like, it didn't, I didn't think it, you know, because everyone that knows me knows that I'm an accountant. And so it wasn't like that was something I was going to do in real life, I thought. And it wasn't until 2017, actually April 
2017, I was meeting with a client that wanted to open a makeup studio, right? Mm-hmm. So we were having um having our um consultation and um we're working on a plan to help her open. And I was telling her, I was like, you know, if all you want to open offer is makeup, what are you gonna do? I asked her one particular question. I said, what are you gonna do Monday at three o'clock? And she was like, What? I was like, you want to be open six days a week. What are you going to do Monday at three o'clock? If you all you're going to offer is makeup. She was like, I'm going to do makeup. I said, the the need, the demand for makeup at Monday at three o'clock does not justify you being open six days a week all day. Like, that doesn't make sense. You're going to have to offer other services, even if you don't necessarily offer them. You need to have them available whether you personally do them or not. And, you know, that's the type of advice and that's the type of dialogue I have with my client. And she was like, and I said, why don't you just add wax? Because wax, it doesn't matter what day of the week you get a wax, you know. People just want it when it's convenient for them to get it. Mm-hmm. So I told her, I said, well, look. Oh, she was like, I'm, she's licensed to doing everything. She was like, I don't want to wax anybody. I just, that's just not my ministry. I was like, well, listen. I'm licensed. I will come in and help you until you find someone. That is what I told her. And that was the conversation, right? Mm-hmm. So we get to talk and I told her, I was like, well, I always want to open a wax studio, but it wasn't anything that I was trying to do right now. Uh, but I can come in and that will give me good practice or whatever to being in a uh, studio setting. That's the whole preface of that conversation. And it turned into, she was like, well, how about we go into business together? And you handled the wax part. I handled the makeup part. I was like, um, I'm not sure about that. I don't know if I necessarily want to go and open another business. I'm an accountant, you know? <laughs> wow. And so we, we're talking and she was, and I was like, well, let me count up the cost and see how much it's going to cost. So I come back with her with the number and I'm thinking she's going to say, oh no, that's okay. She's like, well, I have my half. You got your half? I was like, well, dang, I do have my half. You know what? Forget it. Let's let's make this work. So that was April of seventeen. May we found a building. July we opened. So it went from an idea to open in ninety days, right? Wow. And so I was like, you know, let me go ahead and really take this serious and actually do this for real. So I that's when I made the decision to not take any more accounting clients until I got that business off the ground. And in October, she told me she didn't want to do makeup anymore and became sole owner of Body Party because she didn't want to do makeup anymore. And I was like, huh, you tricked me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's like the universe was really tricking you into getting into this beauty industry. Like, you were yes. Like, you try to help somebody open their business. You done got a business partner. They done got you to use your license. And then you're doing it for two years, and then she says, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. That is very interesting. But, you know, you never know. Like, that's why I always tell people to be open to possibilities, because you just never know what direction your life will take. And I think you went to get went to that esthetician for a reason, and yeah. you started researching schools for a reason, and it was something about the industry that attracted you enough to sign up. And you already had a good job. And you're in New York working your good job and taking on something else. Like, tell me, what did your husband think of all this? Well, see, I didn't meet my husband until 2014. So, 
when I was in aesthetic school in New York and everything, I didn't even know him. So it wasn't until I got back to Mississippi that I I actually met him six months when I got back from Mississippi back got back to Mississippi. I met him six months and we got married that next year. And um and actually my business partner was his ex wife. <laughs> Wow, now that is a soap opera within itself. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, Tanya. Okay. <laughs> that's a soap so, opera. Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast right there. Right. That's a whole nother episode. That's another episode. <laughs> yes. Wow. So that's interesting. You know, you have you definitely have a unique path. How did you move forward with the day spa, body party, wax, and beauty studios? Okay, so 2017 when we opened, uh, we opened with zero clients, right? Because mm-hmm. again, no one knew that I waxed. Uh, no one even knew I knew anything about the beauty industry in real life, other than being an accountant, right? Mm-hmm. So I started with zero clients, and I just used the strategies that I teach my clients to grow Body Party, and so that was July. And four months, well, three months, that's when she told me that she didn't want to do makeup anymore. And so it's like I started over again in November with it just being me. And I just grew that, um, grew the business just using the steps and the strategies that I normally, that I knew to use. And I grew that to a constant clientele where we went from zero clients to at the end of two years, we're grossed over half a million dollars in revenue. Wow. And that just really came from like consistent, um, the correct marketing, consistent marketing and actually showing up and doing working in excellence, not meaning, not meaning you're perfect, but working in integrity and excellence. Great. So, Share a few things that you did in order to take your business to, you know, a half a million in two years. Like, what were some of the steps that you took? Let's see. So, for one, I got a team. So, it wasn't just me only working on the clients, right? So, for one, you have to, when you're ready to scale your business, you have to have your business structure in a way that you can have a team and have a team where it makes sense for your business to grow for my business to grow like that that absolutely is not a blueprint situation so for one that was the main thing is having a team that wasn't a blueprint situation the second thing was positioning my brand to be in front of my target audience so for me in mississippi People had never really heard of the beast thing. People, a lot of people wasn't ever, wasn't really getting the um, Brazilian waxes and things like that. So it took me positioning myself as an expert, as a leader in the industry in my state, to push out the education uh, standpoint. So I was talking on a lot of panels. I was making sure I was educating the clients. And when people contacted me, the biggest game changers was when people contacted me I answered them that sounds so simple and so basic but the communication between me and the clients were a game changer because 
you have to think about when someone gets a wax, a Brazilian wax, they, especially if this is their first time, if you make them feel comfortable and because at the end of the day, you know, you have your legs open for a whole stranger. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what right. it is. You right. know, it's not the most comfortable uh, experience ever. However, who does your wax matters. And I have a waiting list of people waiting to for me to wax them, you know, because of my bedside manner and how I make them feel comfortable and not make them feel embarrassed or shame about their body or about having a lot of hair or no hair or whatever issues they have going on and knowing that I have a good reputation that I'm not going to go and tell all their business and stuff too. So that's the integrity piece of it. So those pieces combined, there's no one thing that I did to kind of just boost my business. It's a mixture of the right things that help get my business to where it is. But the main thing was having a team working in integrity and also being in front of the right client. Now, you talked about the first thing was team. So let's talk about how you build your team. Now, you said a non-blueprint, so I'm assuming you are commission-based, correct? Um, I do a mixture. Okay. Uh, I do a mixture of um, commission and also uh, hourly rates. So some of my... um, some of my employees are hourly rate. Some of them are commissioned. Some of them have a split pay, uh, excuse me, pay um, schedule. So it, a split means that they get paid an hourly rate plus a commission on the work that they do. So it just depends on what level they are in their skill, uh, which, uh, what pay structure they have. And advice for people starting out is you have to know your capacity on being able to pay people. People are so scared to move past the blueprint situation. But if we break it down, just say you have a spa or you have a hair salon, right? Mm -hmm. If you have a hair salon and you do blueprint and just say the blueprint is just for the sake of easy example, you do a hundred dollars a week, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the most you're going to make from that one person in your, in your salon is $400 a month. Okay. So that's $400 of revenue plus whatever you made off of your hands. But as a bit, and, and that's not a bad structure if that's what you're doing with your business. But as the business owner, not looking at it as, oh, I got to, I want to make sure that I don't want them to get my clients or anything like that. Because you have to also understand that it's a higher level of responsibility when it's not blueprint. But the... Uh, but like, if you do blueprint, the max you're gonna make is four hundred dollars from that person. However, right. if we um just say we flip that into commission, right? If uh if the service is a hundred dollars and you do just for sake of example fifty percent, a fifty fifty split, that means you get fifty percent, they get fifty percent. That person is gonna make fifty dollars per hundred dollar service, right? So depending on how many of those services they do your income can significantly go up and it's nothing that you had to physically do. So what that means is, so if that, that stylist does 10 services in a week, that is what? $500, you know, that you made that week. Right. 
Right, and that's already more than the the little right. That's and that's just per week, mm-hmm. right? So that's already more than what the blueprint person was gonna get. Mm-hmm. And so you and then you didn't even have to touch that client. So that means that instead of only one person, one client being able to come, now it's two clients being able to come. So now you made the hundred dollars off of the client that you touch and the fifty dollars off the client you didn't touch. So now your business has made one hundred and fifty dollars instead of the hundred dollars that you made plus the four plus the hundred dollars. So for that week you made uh, your hundred dollars and your one hundred and fifty per client instead of the hundred dollars a week total. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you look at that over the course of you have ten clients that week. You make significantly more money than you did with just a blueprint person. So that is why I chose another pay structure other than blueprint because that didn't make sense for me scaling my business. Especially if my girls that work for me, they don't have to do anything but come to work. So they come to work with a full book of clients to work on and they don't have to pay for any equipment, any supplies, or anything other than showing up with their workflows on so when it when you show up when that's all you come up with absolutely is you will never be able to do a boofering situation when i'm giving you everything that makes sense yes yes and i understand how it goes but i'm glad you broke it down for the audience for people who may not be familiar because and i'm glad you share what you provide so you're providing everything you know they have the spa to work in they have clients you're providing i'm sure advertises and everything for them and all they have to do is come to work rather than when you have booth renters in your space it's like you have say if you have three different booth renters you got three different businesses under one roof exactly and mm-hmm. when you have three different businesses under one roof it can't some situations it can work but a lot of times it does not because you have three different agendas a lot of times with the way that I run my studio is that we have a very nice studio and a very nice waiting area, but I really don't want people sitting on the furniture. Like that waiting area is not really meant for, you know, people to sit. It's, it's pretty, you know, the living room area where your grandma is the all white living room where it's not, it's just to look at. It's mm-hmm. not really meant to sit on. That's, that's how our waiting area is. I don't really want you sitting on the furniture, you know? So everybody's on appointments only and it's set up like that so that there's no one waiting like we're expecting the client to be the we're we're you know expecting the client to come and show up and we're anticipating their needs before they get there but if it's three different brands there who's to say that you have to be here you know and Mm -hmm. you have clients waiting it's just it messes up the whole I don't know the flow of the business a lot of times when that's the structure of the business, when it's a one team, one goal type structure. I absolutely agree. And I, I know a few people who are operating um, that way, who are doing operating commission uh, right now. And I, I think it's very uh, eye opening to me that, you know, our community, that's a big thing in the African-American community, if I'm honest, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. You don't see other other uh you don't see other people doing that. But in our in, in our community, we're still doing booth rent and we have to really think 
on a business perspective of how to operate in business. That doesn't make sense. make sense. Yeah, what's going to make sense, right? Yeah, so I love that you mm-hmm. shared that because a lot of people are not familiar with how it works. And some people are thinking about, well, I want all my money and all of that. And now I want to ask you, what do you think about this as well? Because now what a lot of people are doing in a lot of areas, and I'm pretty sure it's in your area as well, is now everybody wants to be their own boss. So instead of going booth rent, they're doing these salon suites. So they're mm-hmm. paying like five or 600 a week to be in a suite. So how do you feel about that? So my whole thing is you hit the nail on the head. Everyone wants to be the boss until it's time to make a real decision. Right. And until it's time to make pay those, the cost to be the boss. And it's not in an arrogant way, but that's, it's not for everyone. But the industry, specifically our community, that is everyone's goal. It's like, I want to be the boss. I want to be the one making the decisions, but they don't understand the sacrifices that come along with it. So I get why someone wants to, will want to, you know, have their own um, booth rent, have their own, I mean, excuse me, booth rent, have their own suite and everything. But I don't think they really understand what that means, what kind of responsibility that comes with. I think it comes out of a, a lack of understanding of what that really means because when you have a suite that means that now you actually have a real business and that's one thing that in our industry especially in our community in this industry that we are looked at as less than because we do not operate real businesses we operate uh lucrative hustles mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. when you operate in a in a suite a lot of times you don't understand that you still have to have that insurance. You still have to have, you know, all those business licenses in place. You still have to operate it as a business and you still have to pay taxes as a business owner. You still have to, you need to operate as a business. And I I really don't like that people jump into, they come straight out of school and they say, hey, I'm just going to give me a a suite. Because you don't understand, you have to get people inside you know, in your doors. Yeah, you to maintain the suite. Yes. I, you know, I've often. It's interesting. I've I've been to schools and talking about the business side of beauty and the importance of it, and to cosmetology schools. And I've heard students say, like, when I graduate, I'm going to get a suite, or when I graduate, I'm going here. And I'm thinking, like, you don't have client the first. Mm-hmm. So you you really need to go work somewhere and understand what it's like to work in a salon. Learn some things first. Like you've only been in school, you don't really know school isn't the real world when it comes to operating your business. So you don't understand right. the real beauty industry if you've only been in school. Um, right. so you, you haven't really worked in a real salon or a real spa. That could be very different. And if you haven't worked under someone who can show you the ropes and understand, help you to understand how to operate a business, that could be different as well. And so just to throw yourself out there straight out of school is crazy. A lot of people will do that and then they'll end up closing up in three months and you're wondering, okay, mm-hmm. what happened? Because mm-hmm. you didn't have any clients to sustain that weekly rent that they want for that nice suite that you're in. So not only uh, just the weekly rent. You got to buy supplies. Now you're responsible for not only your rent, you have to decorate that. You have to mm-hmm. buy product. You have to buy supplies. You have to buy all the things to sustain your whole space. And But I, I don't fault them 100% on that because on the flip side, a lot of the salon owners, 
they do not do right by people coming into their studios and their salons. So the better option a lot of times is the salon suite because they're not getting the support they need from the salon owners. They're not getting, um, they're not learning how to build a clientele. They're not learning anything. So on the flip side, I get why they will run straight to a suite and figure it out on their own because if that's the case, then why am I giving you any money um, for your space if I'm not going to learn anything anyway? So I get both sides. So I think it's a responsibility that needs to go on to the salon owner as well as the people, the service providers. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree as well. Now, I wanted to tap into this because you another thing you talked about was you positioned yourself as an expert. And I heard you speak about the fact that you spoke on panels and you did different things to really stand out for your clients. Share a little bit of that with us. So, um, so the services that I offer are, so I most, more specifically the V theme that service that I offer, I make sure that because a lot of people, they are scared of the V thing. They're like, you know, I don't really want nothing up me. And it all comes from just not understanding what it is and not understanding how it works. And so to position myself, I went and found, I said, hey, okay, so who is the target person for this service for me? So one of the target people are women right after they have a baby, right? So I got in a lot of the prenatal groups and a lot of the um, postpartum groups, like the breastfeeding groups and things like that. And I offered up information that correlated with my service. So if I know that I have a postpartum blend, because I'm also a herbalist, um, girl, I do a lot of stuff, but <laughs> I'm also a herbalist. Um, and I got that because of a person, like when I say the universe works for me, God just be doing his thing with me, girl. And he be putting me in a position that I didn't realize I was going to be in. But um, I started getting these different groups um, that had women that were just now having babies. And because you can't get the postpartum bee steam until you're six weeks to a year postpartum. So you start nurturing these people when they're in the prenatal uh, part of their pregnancy that they're thinking about, okay, so when I get done having, when once I give birth, I need this service. So, and I was the only one coming talking to them about that. So if you've already been talking to me beforehand, it makes it a lot easier for you to come and see me then, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I, that, that established me as the expert because, hey, this girl helped me understand something told something that I did not know and now it helped me anticipate wanting to come see her so I would get into different groups and it wasn't nothing where you had to go and just spend a lot of money on marketing and stuff because if you get into the Facebook groups a lot of times they will tell you exactly what your target client wants and needs mm-hmm. and if you're in those groups and you're the person answering those questions for them because most people uh, ask a question in a group and most people won't even have the decency to answer the question. So I didn't answer the question in a, you know, salesy way. It was more so I just answered the question without pitching anything to them. At first. So they'd be like, you know, what can I do after I had a baby? I'm having, I'm 
just severely depressed. Um, I'm having anxiety attacks. I'm having postpartum issues. I don't like my child, you know, serious questions and things that are going on with these ladies. And I just said, hey, have you thought about making sure you're checking your hormones? Have you thought about making sure that you've completely detoxed and cleansed your body after you had your baby? And they're like, wait, what? What does that mean? What do you mean? Well, let me tell you about this service that I actually provide at my studio. Here's a gift card. Um, and it was just more so like a coupon. And it was like, here's a gift card for 10 bucks or 20 bucks or whatever. And really that just was like, I gave them half off on the V stain. You know, if the V stain is $60, I give you a $20 gift card. Now I'm more intrigued to come see you because you gave me something outside of just answering my question. And it did not hurt me to give you that discount. I would have gave you the discount anyway, but now I gave, I positioned it to you in a way that you felt like, oh, you felt honored to get it. Mm-hmm. because I gave you a gift card to my studio instead of saying, oh, here's a coupon or, hey, you can just come get, no, here's a gift card. Come try it out and have and take a moment for yourself to help battle with your postpartum depression. I think that is great stuff. So you showed up in unusual places. You figured out who your target client was, which was, you know, mothers that have just recently given birth and you showed up in unusual places and then you share some information and you added value to them. And then you also gave them a coupon and doing so that helped them to remember you. And I could see why somebody would come back because if they thought about, you know, getting the bee sting. Now, I'm not familiar with the bee sting. So can you share with me exactly what that is? Yes, a V steam is a vagina steam. Oh, so, V steam. Okay, yes, a V steam. I thought you said yes. a V a steam. Um. So I'm like, wait a minute. So what you going to inject somebody with some stuff? I don't know. So, so a V steam. Okay, I got you now. I got yes. you. Yes. <laughs> Cause I'm trying to figure out like, so this, I was like, so this is some new stuff. Like I'm an esthetician as well, but I've been out of school since 2007. So I'm like, they doing some new stuff now. It's like, I don't <laughs> know about that one. I, that's new. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Okay. So yeah, VC, I, I know what you're talking about now. I just did. <laughs> just wanted to get clarity on that. So I think okay. that's a great way to, to, uh, separate yourself and to, uh, position yourself as an expert. So many times people think that clients are just going to just fall in their laps and just run down the door. Sometimes you have to get creative. You have to go where the client is and you have to make sure people know what you're offering and put yourself out there and do some of the things that maybe other people in the market are not doing. And that's, what's going to help you to separate yourself in business. Absolutely. Yep, awesome. So I think that is really good stuff. So what are some of uh the trends that you're seeing in um in business and finance and all of those things? Um I'm actually I'm seeing the good trend that I'm seeing, I'm seeing people really take their business seriously. Like they really want real and legit businesses because I think the gimmick and the gig is up on just, you know, Oh, I'm just out here hustling, just trying to get a quick dollar. People are looking for longevity because they're, they're real life trying to replace working in traditional jobs. And that is a real big trend that I'm seeing. And they are really investing in themselves to make it work. 
you know, a lot of people are getting coaches now. A lot of people are actually filing their taxes. You know, right, a lot of people right. <laughs> are setting their business up correctly. They're get, using and getting the business credit. They're actually taking the steps to be recognized as a real business and taking their craft seriously. Like girls are getting the advanced trainings on the services that they offer so that they can be a better service provider for their clients. And I, and I just think that it's so dope that people are taking their, their career seriously. And that's a big trend that I'm seeing because a couple of years ago, that wasn't necessarily the thing. It was once I got my license, you know, I'm gonna go out here and I'm gonna just, you know, make it do what it do. I'm a service the client and go on it wasn't really a more it wasn't really a care for the client it wasn't really a let me take care of the client first it was me 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 let me get mine right mentality it was a hustle it was a hustle it was a hustle you know because no one because for a long time even when I decided to use the, be- the beauty industry as my niche a lot of my accounting peers they laughed at me they criticized me they was like I don't know why you're going to do that. Those people don't make no money. And I'm looking at them. I'm like, my husband's making well over six figures as a barber inside of a barber shop, like booth rent situation type thing. You know, you I'm know like, why though? You know why? Because I if know you, why. If you Google, <laughs> they don't file taxes. If you Google like what a hairstylist make in your city, it might be like 30,000 a year or something or less. Uh-huh. Because yeah. it, because a lot of times people are not following those six figure incomes they're making. So according to most states in the licensee, they think that that's what hairstylists make. They only make like, you know, 20, 25 to 30,000, depending on where you live. Okay. Uh-huh. Being that is, it looks like it's a, you know, it's not much of a career if you're only making 20,000, but these people are making, like you said, multiple six figures, a lot of times not following taxes, but people are getting you know, more serious now is what you're saying about their businesses and more people are actually treating their businesses like businesses. They're following taxes. They're getting the training and becoming experts in their field. And I think that is great. And that's part of the reason why I do what I do. That's what this whole podcast is about. It's really talking to the beauty professional about the business side of beauty and the importance of operating properly in business. And it's okay if you don't know but find out and get to know and so that you can get your stuff on a straight and narrow and operate properly. Correct. Yes. So tell me, so you have this, this, uh, spa that you're running and you have a team and, um, and now you, you know, you have the spa, you're still an accountant and you're working with beauty professionals. So are, so these are some things that you're also, you're doing both of those things together. Correct. Correct. Okay, so how do you balance all that? You got you got accounting clients and you doing these things, girl. Tell me how you balance it. So um my spa's open Tuesday through Saturday. Um I by my clients mostly being in the beauty industry, they're typically off on Sundays and Mondays, and that's typically where I do the bulk of my business for my accounting clients. Okay. And Saturdays are my trade show days they are my speaking engagement days and i'm not necessarily in the treatment rooms doing waxes or facials or v-stains or any of those things uh on saturdays i'm typically usually if i'm at if i'm at the studio on a saturday it's because we had a spa party 
other than that, I'm working on the business. And so I just made it a priority to prioritize my life. So I can absolutely do both um, because I make time for that. And I still come home and I cook dinner every night through the week for my kids and my husband. That's I don't cook on the weekends, girl. No. Spend out on the weekends. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that's great. I think that's that's the the benefit of being a boss. And if you're doing it right, if you have it structured and set up in a way, because some that you can do that. Because sometimes people are entrepreneurs, but they're not necessarily they're working like slaves, and so they don't have time to cook dinner. They don't have time to spend with their family. They don't right. have the balance at all. So. I love the fact that you you're able to run both businesses and still come home and cook dinner on the weekdays. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I think a lot of awesome. that <laughs> Thank you. A lot of that is, you know, when we go out and open these businesses, we are creating a job for ourselves. We're not creating a business. Mm-hmm. We're not creating a system for a business to really operate. We're just creating we're just working a job with longer hours that we love and when you start and it's absolutely necessary in certain stages of your business I'm at a point in my business where I'm at a stage in that business and in the system that I set up and uh, worked out for my business that I'm not in the always working fully in my business uh, stage I am building a business stage Um, so I'm working on the business so I'm not dog tired all day because I'd have worked on clients all day. Then I still have to go through and make sure my newsletters go out, make sure all the back end stuff is done. It's just, you have to have that system, those systems set up and it's better if you do it in the beginning so that you can have that work-life balance so that you can really operate as a real business owner instead of just operating as a worker inside of your business. That makes sense. Mhm. Mhm. And so what advice would you give someone um you know that maybe is like you they may do hair and they may also uh you know have another you know business and, and they're multi-passionate entrepreneur and um they're looking to balance it all like what, what how would you get some of those systems set up in place what's some advice that you would give that person hire me as your business coach <laughs> but uh, outside of that like no, seriously, what I teach my clients to do is seriously to, we, we sit down and we go through everything that you have going on and we sit through and prioritize all those things and we break it down and make it into a system that works for you and your schedule and then not just a rigid schedule. We say, okay, well, maybe for the first six months, let's focus on this so that way you can get this, get the foundations laid. And then once you hire someone to, to lift some of that burden off of you, then you're able to move on to the next thing so that you can make everything that you have going on work. Because I am a true believer that you can have a lot of irons in the fire. You know, you can have a lot of things going on as long as you prioritize it and, you know, do it correctly. Don't burn yourself out because it's real easy to say, oh, okay, so I got a boutique. I got a hair salon. I do hair. I want to sell hair. I want to have sell clothes in my boutique. I want to sell accessories. I want to sell products. You want to have all this stuff going on. And what usually happens is you have all this stuff going on and you don't make any money for real. Mm-hmm. 
And that's not okay. Like, it's not okay. It's time out to be just trying to be everything to everyone, a jack of all trades, a master of none. That's not okay. Mm-hmm. You have to master the, you know, you have to master one thing at a time. And when you master it, that doesn't mean that you stop doing it. That just means that now you have that on autopilot. So now you can put your more efforts into the next thing to have those things moving. Because a lot of times, you know, everyone hears that, oh, a millionaire has seven uh, strings of income, but they don't understand that you can have seven strings of income, but if you don't secure one string, you're not going to be successful at none of them. So take it step mm-hmm. by step and prioritize and make it work for your life and your system. Good stuff. Good stuff. So Tanya, how do you define success? Um, I define success as living your life on your own terms and being able to do the things that you need and want to do. Enough said. Love it. So either tell me what's your favorite book or what book you're currently reading right now. I am currently reading. um, I'm rereading. Are you ready for the yes? um, By Audrea Richmond. And, um, I've read it before, but I'm rereading it to make sure that I'm 100% ready for the yes at all times. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I got to check that one out. I haven't read that one. Are you yes. Audrea is so dope. Like she is a marketing genius. Like she's, um, her, her whole business is uncloned marketing and uncloned marketing is basically just doing business uncloned unlike other people and doing it on your own terms and where you're disrupting the the marketplace and that's what's going to make you stand out too right absolutely yep i agree with that so what's your what's your motto like your mantra what is it <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, I am a stickler for clear understanding and making sure it's done. So I'm not sure if it's a proper mantra. It's more so if it's not documented, it's not done. And if it's not clear, it's not understood. So what that means, and I live that with everything that I do, because people say and do all types of things. But if it's not documented and you can't prove that you said that, then it's not real. And if it's not clear and the understanding wasn't um, clear, then it's not understood. So I try to live my life to make sure that I'm clear, concise, and that everything's documented. Awesome. Awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. So you're an entrepreneur. You have a few different businesses. And so share which either your favorite app or tool that you use to operate in business. Um. <laughs> Canva. Yep, one of my favorites. <laughs> awesome, I do awesome. everything in Canva. Like the Canva Pro, don't don't be cheap, you guys. Don't go go ahead and pay the little extra for the Pro and get your life. <laughs> get your whole life. Right, right. I love it. I love it. Well, Tanya, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today. Um I really enjoyed chatting with you and learning more about you and your business. I wish you the very best in all your endeavors and everything that you're doing. And um, so tell everybody how they can reach you and find you online. 
Okay. Um, again, I am Tanya Sanders Kelker. I am the beauty accountant for entrepreneurs in the beauty and service based industries, but you can absolutely call me Bay. And Bay is just beauty accountant for entrepreneurs. Um, and you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the beauty accountant. And also you can find me on Twitter at Tanya Kelker. Kelker is K-E-L-K-E-R. And I want to invite your audience to um, check out my site on tanyaskelker.com slash bae, B-A-E. And on there, that gives you all the links to the different things that I have going on as far as um, reaching out to me to uh, work with me one-on-one. Also, to get into my private Facebook group where... Uh, you get access to the free three-day Jumpstart Your Business Challenge. And I think with that challenge, it's a really good tool for, even if you're not in the beauty industry, but just for in business in general. And it's a three-day challenge just to make sure that you have everything together in your business each year. And of course, I do I do answer some questions. I do like a live Q&A. Well, really, it's a pop-up Q&A to answer questions that people really have about their finances, about accounting and business. And those are the free ones, but everything else you got to pay. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, Tanya, I'll make sure that I have all of that information in the show notes. I think you did send me all your links. So I have all of that in the show notes so that everyone can connect with you. And um, that's all we have for you today. Tanya Sanders Kelker, everyone, make sure you connect with her. And as always, stay great. And we are out. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Also, connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also, email us at bb networkpodcast at gmail.com you can also connect with me on instagram at i am brandy taylor and at exquisite looks we're also on facebook and twitter at exquisite looks and you can check out my website at exquisitelooks.com i really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon remember that all things are possible if you only believe stay great